You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Mic check, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Uh, Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today we will be talking with Kevin Leach, from Latitude Outdoors. Now, if you don't know who Latitude Outdoors is, you're going to learn today. Uh, They are a saddle hunting company, but I have a feeling that in the next handful of years, they're just going to continue to come out with some pretty cool products. Uh, I saw their their booth at the ATA show, and I must admit, they make a good saddle, and they have a really lightweight carbon fiber climbing stick. Uh, If you're a gear junkie, you already know all this stuff. But today we're going to get uh, the uh, some information straight from the horse's mouth. Kevin Leach, he's one of the original founders. And today we're going to talk about company history. We're going to talk about their product line, how they develop new products. Uh, and then we're going to break it down into saddles. And we're going to break it down into uh, climbing sticks and all the other accessories that they offer. So this is a really good episode, especially if you're trying to get into the saddle hunting space and you're trying to figure out what products you want to buy, what brand you want to buy. This uh, episode is just going to give you the information that you need to uh, make it a, make an accurate decision. So with that said, there are no commercials this week. Let's get right into uh, today's episode with Kevin Leach from Latitude Outdoors. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Kevin Leach from Latitude. Kevin, how are we doing, man? Good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. You a coffee drinker? I'm a big coffee drinker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've recently had to cut back on the amount of coffee that I was drinking. I was I was drinking almost I want to say almost a whole pot in the mornings over a three hour period. And then I would eat lunch. Then I would get tired. And then I would have like somewhere around one or two, two thirty I would have to have another cup of coffee. And so finally, I've just been like, geez, that's too much caffeine. I need to like cut it back drastically. So I have my coffee here, but it's like, it's only this much of it. And it's my first cup of the day. And uh, so I got to, I got to cut back before my heart jumps out of my chest. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, that happens to me sometimes as well. It seems like it kind of comes and goes. Either I'm drinking a lot, or then I try to cut back. Uh, similar to what you mentioned there, but it's a, it's a constant battle with uh, how much caffeine is is being uh, ingested. So yeah. just depends on what's going on, I guess, in in life. Yeah, absolutely. You getting fired up for the upcoming season yet? Oh man, yeah. We just got back a little over a week ago. We had the Total Luxury Challenge here in Michigan, which mm-hmm. we attend every year. And it feels like that, with the timing of it, always kind of being that second weekend of June. Um, you know, I like to kind of stop thinking about hunting for at least a couple of months in the springtime. I'm a big fisherman. Yep. We really all are on the team. And uh, it's a good way to kind of get away and, and have some balance throughout the year. But once Total Archery Challenge hits here in Michigan, it's like a, a you know, a switch flips. And, you know, I'm thinking about Whitetail now yeah. for sure and excited to start getting some cameras out here and, and um, you know, looking at what the prospects are for the upcoming fall. Yeah. I have a couple things that I'm really looking forward to within the next handful of weeks. This week's going to be crazy. I don't think I'll be able to do it this week, but maybe next week. I keep pushing it back, but I got to get trail cameras out, right? I I, ha- I already dumped the mineral out during turkey season. I just need to go put the trail cameras over top of them, uh, and then put some trail cameras into the, you know, into the like the pinch points and things like that. See what deer are moving around, and then the other thing is I got my skull plate right here from last year's buck and i just got uh, confirmation that they're ready for it at my taxidermist but my taxidermist is like an hour and a half away from where i live so okay i i gotta i gotta go make a trip down there so he can put it together so then i can make another trip down there to go pick it up you know by the end of june or something like that so uh i oh, am exciting oh dude it's i don't know about you but <laughs> Visiting my no, number one, my taxidermist, uh, uh, Sam Gaylord from Old Barn Taxidermy. He, I don't know what it is about him. I, I just love talking with that guy. He's, he's just one of those people that I just like to see every year. I like to catch up with him. I like to BS with him. And, uh, it's one, it's like an adult Christmas. You go there, you, you you drop something off that you know what you're going to get back. And it's just awesome every single time. I feel like having just a jolly personality and a bunch of good stories is like a prerequisite for being a tax. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they remember everybody's name. You yep. only see them once every year, every few years, whatever it ends up being, yep. but they remember everybody. They see a lot of cool stuff and uh, they have a lot of good stories. Oh, that's a fact. Lots of good stories. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Latitude out of Michigan, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's our home base here. All right. How many years has Latitude been a company? Well, at the time of this recording, in two weeks, so we're mid-June here, 2023, we will hit our three-year anniversary at the end of the month. Okay, awesome. All right, and it's you and two other founders, is that correct? Yeah, so we started, so myself and then my two good friends from college, that's where we met. Um, we're all f- originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, but we met in undergrad over at the University of Michigan on the east side of our state here. And uh, so Alex Chop and Jake Metallic are my two partners, and we've just been since college hunting and fishing buddies um, you know, ever since, and uh, really always tinkering, building our own gear, and um, that ultimately led into, you know, what became Latitude Outdoors here three years ago. But we're just really good friends that, um, you know, have a passion for everything we talk about and everything we build product for. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. So 
three dudes sitting around. <laughs> Sometimes three dudes sitting around can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. Yes. But but uh, three three dudes who love hunting and in, in the outdoors sitting around. How does latitude form? How does how what's the what's the intro story? What's the origin story of of uh, latitude? Yeah. So it, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, we all grew up in hunting families. Our dads were always hunting our grandpa. Well, not me, but, um, Jake and Alex, um, their grandfather for both of them were both big into it. So we all grew up around it. Um, a lot of just public land, you know, none of our families really have access or own a bunch of private here in Michigan, but we have a ton of public land in Michigan. So we all grew up around it those guys started doing whitetail hunting very early on mm-hmm. and i was a i was a big athlete um in my younger years all the way up through college actually so i really didn't start whitetail hunting on my own until after college and um they were right there in the very beginning of it but kind of what that did is i think i i kind of when i started i came in with less preconceived notions in terms of gear and what you know should be used out there um you know i didn't really come up with the hey we got to go set our stands for the year and and go fine-tune those spots and hope they don't get stolen and and that kind of thing my dad was always a mobile public land guy he has been for over 50 years just because that's what he had to do but um the the origination of the saddles and the company really started um, I was traveling for work and staying up in Midland, Michigan, which is a small town in northern Michigan, but it's where Dow Chemicals headquartered, and uh, they were a client of mine at the time um, for my previous job. And Midland, Michigan is a great little town, but it's little, and you run out of things to do pretty quick. So I was staying in a hotel three nights a week, and um, just, you know, the way my my brain works, I'm always kind of looking for things to do and building new stuff. And I just started, um, I had been messing with the saddles for a little bit and um, specifically an Anderson tree sling, an old one that my dad found in his basement that my mom bought for him from Meyer for probably 35 bucks back in the day, early nineties. And I had been playing around with that for a while and modifying it. And I just started progressing that further. Um, You know, there were some things I really liked about that old, um, two pa- panel sling design, but there were a lot of, um, I don't know, issues with the user friendliness of it specifically. And I was, I actually bought a sewing machine off of Amazon and I started doing, you know, bringing that up to Midland with me every week and buying some webbings and different materials and sewing together these saddles at night after work in a hotel room. Um, and did that for probably six months or so and felt like I was starting to get some traction in the direction of something that was different, but significantly better than what I had been um, DIYing with the Anderson tree sling. And I showed it to Alex and Jake, had them sit in it. And, you know, the light bulb kind of went on and it clicked and they could see why it was better and different. And we started working on it together from that point um, and really refined it over the next 22 months leading up to, you know, launching Latitude Outdoors in, um, you know, early July of 2020. So um, it was, I mean, we were working on the saddle itself and and that turned into our method, two panel saddle, mm-hmm. specifically uh, what was being worked on in the hotel there. And, um, you know, that 
that was something that almost two years before we even started the company, we had been working on. So and we, we, you know, tested it with a bunch of friends and, and whatnot in our, in our circles and um, just kind of, you know, it evolved from there and was well received. We kind of put this thing together with our own money. We don't have a big financial donor or backer. We're just literally three really good friends from college that build gear to solve problems for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we put them out there and, and other people liked them as well. So here we are three years later. Gotcha. So you guys, maybe the peak is has passed, but you know the, the very first time saddles were introduced, uh, it, it was a fad. And I think it was a fad just because technology and uh, social media was, wasn't around at that time, right? So it came and went. Agreed. Social media hits. Things things that are are able to get like certain things in, in life are able to be reborn. Uh, a, a fad can start again. All right, so saddles are introduced again, and then I would say somewhere around the time that you guys started would have been like the peak of the saddle craze. Why did you guys say, man? You know, because because there's a lot of other companies out there that already had established companies, already had saddles made. How did how how did you guys make the decision to say, okay, we're going to start this business and we're going to plan to compete with the already established saddle market? Well, I think it's, it's a pretty easy answer for us. It's two things. First and foremost, we're just extremely passionate about this industry, this, you know, um, hunting in general, public land, moving around. I mean, all three of us, our personalities, we just love to explore new places and try new things. And that was really the impetus for starting the company. It wasn't that, hey, we want to go try to make some money because saddles have gotten popular. We feel like we've got a different design that fits well in the marketplace and solve some problems for people. That's all kind of execution details. But we've always together wanted to collectively start a company. And it just so happens that it ended up being with hunting saddles yeah. um, in the hunting space. But we, we started this because we want to just share our passion for trying new things and seeking adventure and inspire other people to do that. Gotcha. Um, so that's the root of it. Um, and it just so happens that the the saddle was sort of the mechanism for us to start doing that. Gotcha. But this is the life that we wanted to live and was a goal of ours. So um, gotcha. know, that's, that's kind of how we approached it. Okay. All right. So when you guys are, when you, you were sitting around sewing, these saddles uh in uh in this hotel room did so did you look at other saddles uh, and were you already a saddle hunter saying hey i I use this saddle i'm experienced saddle hunter i want to i want to put my twist on it or i want to make the current version better what was that what was that like because some people would look at and go oh it's just another saddle company coming to the market selling the same thing. How would you how would you answer that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Yeah, so yes, we always look at, you know, other saddles from the competition. There's always some baseline lining involved. But when we, you know, go and develop any product, even, you know, even something that's not a saddle, we don't, we don't sit down and write down what the competition is doing and then, you know, try to find a way to kind of fit in the marketplace, okay. right? We always start with the customer and really trying to build empathy along the entire you know, journey map of how they're going to be using that product within their hunting system. Cause everyone has a little bit different system. And then what are the problems that they are prioritizing and experiencing? Are there problems that they're experiencing? They don't even realize. And how can we find a solution then to fit along that entire journey map that optimizes the experience from the moment you leave the truck until you get back in or, you know, your back door, I guess, if you've got a back 40, um, now, specifically with the method saddle and the and the saddles, we felt like there was a gap in the marketplace, specifically around what we feel a two panel provides you. So there really wasn't what we would consider a more modern day two panel saddle design in the space available when we launched the company. And there is one specific problem that we think a two panel addresses better than anything else out there. And that is specifically that in general with a one piece saddle design, the larger the saddle is, the more comfortable it gets. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, kind of the way it is. You've got more real estate to sit on once you're up in the tree. The challenge is we feel like once you get to a certain size, you start to get diminishing returns for the whole point of going to a saddle system, yeah. right? We want to be as lightweight and streamlined and efficient as possible. And we feel that way because that's what we, you know, the hand worked out what we grew up with is public land swamp hunting in Michigan, right? Which yeah. is nasty. It's, you got to come and do it. I think what, two, three years ago, Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, heard you talk about it on, on wired to hunt with Mark and your experience there and an Iowa guy in Michigan in the fall, which, you know, is kind of mind boggling, but it was really fun <laughs> to listen to your perspective as a Michigan guy. It like, you know, vindicated everything we complained about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, so for us having just making something bigger and larger and more bulky to get the comfort in the tree is really not an option. You can do it, but it's going to start to, you know, really hamper the whole point of switching to one of these things. Mm-hmm. So a two panel specifically ours, it allows it to be really streamlined and compact the saddle when you're wearing it. Anytime your feet are on the ground and you're climbing up and down the tree, we want to be as compact and as streamlined as possible. So you're not snagging on brush. You know, it's it can lead to safety issues if your thing is hooking on stuff going up and down the tree. So that two panel design specifically, you know, we've got the magnet magnetic system that couples the two panels together. This thing slims down to like a weightlifting belt when you're wearing it in. Yeah. But when you get in the tree, you can separate those two pieces and you have a ton of adjustability to get really comfortable. So kind of solving that issue of, Hey, I want to minimize bulk when my feet are on the ground and I want to be as comfortable as possible and have a much, as much adjustability as possible to get comfortable for my body size and shape when I'm in the tree right. is what the two panel we feel provides. And that was that first problem we set out to solve uh, early on. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hunted in a saddle for a couple hunts this past year i shot my my deer in iowa fairly early so i didn't have time to just really get into it but um but i i get what you're saying with the the bigger the more comfortable is there a way to is there a way i mean do you guys feel that then your design 
gives all of the the comfort you know the the comfortability I believe it would be the word uh, at a more minimalistic design as far as materials concerned. Yeah, that's always been our goal, right? I mean, we want all of our products to be first and foremost the as light as possible, second as fast and as efficient as possible. And then, you know, third, as quiet as possible Mm -hmm. um, without sacrificing, you know, the experience overall. And, you know, you're kidding yourself if you're going to go up and sit in a tree and be uncomfortable for six hours. It's just not enjoyable, right? We're out there to enjoy ourselves. Um, So a lot of guys prioritize comfort. And it is a very important aspect of these things because, you know, you might have to sit all day in the rut for five, six, seven, ten days in a row to Mm -hmm. get, you know, the bucker after um, but we're out there to have fun. So, yep. and the more comfortable you are, the less you're going to move around in the trees. So the less you're going to get picked. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but yeah, ultimately, you know, that is really the core of our saddle designs is, you know, we want you to be really comfortable, but we're not, we don't want to have to do that at the expense of, um, you know, being lightweight and streamlined. Gotcha. So. Is the, um, is the saddle that you guys came out with the original saddle did you guys other than the three of you who tested it out did you guys hand it out to anybody saying hey give us some feedback on this before you took it to market yeah we do that with everything to this day i mean we have a very um structured slash unstructured it's you know five-step development process with all of our products um that allows for a lot of creativity but ultimately testing and field testing is, I mean, it's extremely important and we go through a lot of that with everything we do. So yes, even before the company was a thing and anything was available for purchase, you know, we did that with, you know, several dozen people that, um, you know, a lot of them in Michigan that are hunting similar challenging scenarios. We are, but, um, we've since expanded that to guys all over the country that help us, um, you know, with field testing and, and, really are part of our feedback loop anytime we're developing anything. So yeah, that's gotcha. a huge part of our process because gotcha. um, we feel like you really can't, I mean, there's thing, there's just some things you can't predict until you put, you know, a couple thousand hours on something in the field. Right. So once you guys handed out that first round of, of saddles and the, some of that gear, did anything come back to you and, and you were, you had to, redesign or re-engineer and be like oh duh you know like or did it come out perfect no we had a ton of feedback (laughs) we we, it's funny um you know i was kind of marching down an initial path when i started that you know the stuff in the hotel room on my own and then when you start getting more minds involved you get more ideas and more opinions and you have to kind of figure out how to manage um you know each person prioritizing different things but one of the things we had early on in our design was we actually um, we had quite a bit of metal in the design okay. of the saddle itself, and that that was a piece of feedback we heard from everyone who tested the the first generations was they wanted to eliminate that. It felt like there was too many opportunities to clank and make noise. Um, so we, I mean, we took that to heart and we went all the way through and I mean, we call it our metal free design now. Our light straps, which are removable, have some metal clips on them. But the core saddle, as you're wearing it in and out of the woods, because we don't wear it with the light straps when we're on the ground, has no metal at all. So we actually developed a metal-free buckle, or I should say belt system, 
uh, that's made out of, you know, a climbing rated rope with a climbing rated friction knot. So, you know, our saddle, you can hold it up in the air and shake it around. It doesn't make a sound. So we, um, you know, very early on had a lot of clicking and clanking, um, like a lot of other stuff that's out there. And a lot of the stuff that existed back in the day was like that. And, you know, we said, hey, let's, can we eliminate all of that? And that became a big, big change early on um, in the design to get to our, what we call our metal free design. So, gotcha. Okay. And so, as you guys start to come out with this company, uh, what were some of the first? So, you, you came out, the, the method was the first saddle that you came out with? That's correct. Okay. Yep. And then you guys are on the method two. What's the difference between the method and the method two? The number one difference is the first generation, the two pan, the two panels coupled together with a set of Kydex clips on each hip. Uh, there was a little loop and you just took your bottom panel and you set it into those clips and that kept the two panels together in a nice compact setup for going in and out of the woods. That worked well. Um, we had some early, some feedback early on. Uh, with clips, you know, ultimately not being durable enough or, you know, popping out and being lost. Um, so we pretty quickly, we knew we were going, working towards a magnetic system. And and that's the big difference is the two panel or the method two, the two panels magnetically coupled together. So there's a set of, there's three points uh, around the body of the saddle, one on each hip and one on the center of the back um, where the two panels magnetically snap together and that's what keeps the set the saddle into like a one-piece design and a very compact profile uh, for putting it on and off, taking it on and off, and then when your feet are on the ground. But when you get in the tree, all you got to do is just pull down on that bottom panel. We have a little set of grab handles on there specifically dedicated for that, and they just detach. And it's dead silent. The magnets are weather and waterproof, um, and they're, you know, they're very high-end strong magnets, so that thing does not separate when you're walking around in the woods. It just makes everything extremely easy, quiet, and durable to use, um, you know, which kind of goes back to, hey, we, we started with Anderson slings, and there was a lot of things about those when you weren't in the tree that were just not user-friendly. Yeah. Um, we feel like the magnets are the best way to, um, you know, make a two-panel just, just super user-friendly on the ground, especially. Gotcha. So it's that magnetic feature. Okay. All right. So the, the, the saddle comes out. Did, did you guys launch a platform right away with the saddle or was, was that a year down the line? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That was a little over a year down the line. Um, we just, we basically launched our saddles and ropes and some pouch accessories um, to kind of get yourself organized. And then the platforms came uh, just last year, actually. Um, and that was, you know, we've got a couple of different platform options. Um, we've got our more traditionally, the more traditional design, at least it looks more traditional in our Rebel platform, which, um, you know, both of our platforms are machined aluminum, but the Rebel gets you a lot of real estate for the weight. It's only 2.7 pounds. Um, you know, it's, a, it's like 
25% bigger or 30% bigger than, you know, like a predator platform from tether, which is one that everybody knows. That's a great product as well. Um, so it's a really, you know, good platform for, if you want a lot of real estate without a lot of weight. And then, um, we've also got our X-Wing platform, which is an extremely unique looking design. It literally looks like a star Wars X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all big Star Wars fans, or at least I am. So that's where that came from. But people actually just naturally started calling it that when we showed it to folks at ATA two years ago. But that is a very uniquely shaped platform um, that was developed out of, um, you know, a lot of challenges we had being nimble in the tree to make certain shots. Um, so specifically the weak side shot, that platform really helps with making that shot um, much more easy to make, but also easier to make while you're still behind the tree hidden from the deer. So yeah. that's a big advantage of saddle hunting is, you know, being able to move around the tree 360 and use that tree as cover. Um, sp- I mean, we end up in a lot of swamp hunting situations, me specifically, where the foliage is down, you're in a tiny tree. So you got to work with what you have and, you know, staying on the backside of the tree sometimes is all you have for cover. Yeah. Um, so that platform helps a lot with that. So sewing fabric, and then uh, this is aluminum, right? So is this this cast or machined? They're both machined aluminum. Okay. Yep, we All machine right. them right here in Michigan. Okay. So two completely different products, right, as far as just the material alone. Uh, was there yep. much of a learning curve on how to manufacture or how to design a, a platform versus a saddle? Or were there any crossover similarities? So we are very fortunate amongst the three of us to have a wide variety of backgrounds and skill sets. Um, we're all very different. So I came, so I have a mechanical engineering background, um, but then I worked in technology for Microsoft for seven years. Okay. So, you know, did a lot of different things. Um, Jake, you know, he did manufacturing consulting um, with, you know, the big automotive companies. So he, his last project, he came off of designing and implementing a manufacturing line for the Jeep Grand Cherokee. That was his last project before he, you know, started working Latitude full time. And Alex was, you know, in medical device sales. He was pre-med. He used to be an organic chemistry tutor, really smart guy, but a whole different, you know, skill set. So. Yeah. Um, we actually probably came into this with more experience designing hard goods, you know, so anything made from metal, that was more natural to us. We had to learn how to take a textile product and manufacture it at okay. scale. And we leaned on uh, early on our Michigan manufacturing partner that makes our, you know, a bunch of our saddles um, to help us with some of that. But we we had to just flat out get on the sewing machine and learn how it works yeah. and and you know learn how to make these things and we learned early on that hey if we can make it efficiently ourselves it can be scaled on the manufacturing and very you know much easier so there's no magic with textiles yeah. it, it kind of looks like it from afar really like it's really complicated but you just got to break it down step by step but um the hard goods was easier mm-hmm. um that's just what we had more experience doing that in the past but they are completely different gotcha and so um I take it that was, was that something that you had always had planned or was this again, customer feedback where customers were like, Hey dude, you got the saddle. You need a platform. Do, do those two products go hand in hand? Yeah. So, I mean, a saddle hunting system is we, we always talk about it as a five tool system. You've got your saddle, obviously you got two ropes, the one you hang from, which we call your tether. 
and then your lineman belt, which is the rope that you want to use for safety going up and down the tree. That part's technically not different from what you should be doing with a tree stand, any tree stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need something for your feet. And typically a small platform, especially if you're new, is the best option. Some guys use what's called a ring of steps, which is some basically some little steps on a strap that you can put on the tree so you can walk around the tree. Some people use them together um, because they like the advantages that both provide. And then you need something to climb the tree. Um, typically, you know, a set of lighter weight climbing sticks is most popular with um, any mobile hunting system, whether it's with a tree stand or a saddle. So you really need those five tools. And, you know, we've always been working towards having all five tools available. Um, but we, you know, obviously once we came out with the saddles and got some positive feedback from those, people were scratching and clawing for us to come out with a platform as well. So it was both, but we've always had, you know, this vision of having a full suite um, so that you can kind of come and get anything you need for your, your mobile hunting system. So. Right. One kind of a one-stop shop type deal. Right. I mean, yeah, it's a yep. no brainer. Yep. It's a, you're right. It is. It's a no brainer. I mean, if you're going to sell this, why not sell the accessories and everything else that you need to get up a tree? Right. Which now yeah, sure. leads us to the climbing sticks. Right. And that was uh, a new introduction this year. Correct. That's correct. At ATA in January this right. year. Yep. And I believe you guys won an award for best, best product or what was your award that you won this year? Yeah, we were extremely blessed and fortunate to win best new product in show, which was, you know, a surprise to us. We entered it. Obviously, you have to enter into that to be considered for it. But um, and we were hopeful, but we we won. So yeah. um, it was a I mean, it was, it was an amazing um, surprise. So we're just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah OK, blessed. so so and these are carbon fiber, correct? They are. So they are a one piece, one singular piece carbon fiber composite stick. So we don't we don't bolt glue multiple pieces together. They are a singular um, piece of material. Okay. so from the saddle to the aluminum platform, that's completely different. Now you're working with a new material. And what is is this injection molded? It's a molding ish process molding ish process okay all right so uh now you're working with carbon fiber which is completely different um talk to us about any type of you know the learning process manufacturing carbon fiber and if you guys tried an aluminum first or was carbon fiber always the first the first idea yeah so we've been working on that climbing stick for just under it was just under three years when we launched it at ata yeah um so we actually started working on that pretty much when we launched the company i mean within Mm -hmm. weeks of launching the company with our first generation saddles and accessories we were already working on working on this and you know the other part of your question is yes we always um wanted to go the carbon fiber route with the climbing stick design because we felt like there's just a lot of advantages in the woods with that in the whitetail woods Mm -hmm. with that material and we always felt like if we couldn't ultimately get what we wanted out of it uh, we could fall back to an aluminum design Um, aluminum is a lot easier to work with as far as developing a product Um, carbon fiber is a is a very slow long arduous process to test and develop um, anything you're making it with really Um, just there's you know there 
there's some limits around the manufacturing processes in the prototyping phase. Um, and then, you know, everything just takes a while, yeah. um, carbon fiber, um, you know, there's, um, there's just less, um, I would say robust manufacturing partners out there, especially in the United States for that material. And it takes time to find the right one and, and work through that. And, um, yeah, but it was a three-year project for us. So we've been learning a lot about that. Uh, material, what's available in terms of how to manufacture it and how to design for it with it um, for a long time now at this point. Awesome. Uh, any road bumps along the way with these climbing sticks? There's always road bumps with any product along the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a three-year project, so we didn't just, you know, draw a climbing stick that had the features, the ideal, you know, features that we wanted um, and spit one out and, you know, it was done. Um, so there was a lot of work and testing that went into really trying to marry everything that we wanted in a climbing stick. So we wanted something that had no moving parts. So there was no maintenance. We wanted something that had no metal, including the strap and attachment design so that there was no opportunity for noise, uh, but also that, you know, it would be eliminate some weight and in, you know, make it very packable. So we wanted a stick that would packed together flush, stacked together flush to minimize the overall profile when you're bringing them into the woods. We want them to be really lightweight, but try to incorporate all of that into uh, the manufacturing technology that we are using on these things. Um, that was a that was a nut that took a long time to crack. Okay. Um, obviously, I, I can't go into the specific, specifics of, of it, but um, basically taking... Uh, the type of carbon fiber composite we are using and getting it in the shape of a climbing stick with all those features and then getting the structural integrity and performance um, from a durability and strength standpoint, marrying all those two, all of that together was the big challenge Mm -hmm. that took um, the longest to figure out. Um, But we eventually got it. Gotcha. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, First off, congratulations. Uh, on on that award that's pretty slick and i did get the opportunity to hold hold those sticks and like all right so throughout throughout the entire time i've been mobile including this year still i i use the three-step original lone wolves uh lone wolf climbing sticks and so i feel like the comparisons might be a little off but it here's what it felt like in my hand your three sticks and that one were about the same weight, if not le- if yours, if not less. And so just the difference in how light they are is it, it blew, it blew my mind, dude. And so yeah. the, the amount of things that people are being able, you know, are able to do with carbon fiber now and making things so much lighter is, I don't know, man, I, I feel like it's only a matter of time until we have uh, a full blown affordable, like tree stand, a fully carbon fiber tree stand on its way. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that'll happen one day, yeah. right. It, with the direction material science is going I yep. mean, the hunting space doesn't, doesn't drive that we mm-hmm. absorb it um, just because we're small and we don't have the money and the engineers to develop, you know, new material yep. um, either on the material side or the manufacturing process side with it. But um, so it kind of trickles down from other industries and what we're using is from other industries, right? It's, it's been around for a while and used in automotive and aerospace extensively. It's used in medical 
Um, it, it's actually really cool. Our, our climbing sticks, the facility they're made in, which is here in the United States, this is a made in the USA product. So from a quality control standpoint, that's especially important with carbon fiber. Um, but they're made right next to medical grade parts. Yeah. So in terms of the quality inspection and control, um, you know, that's, it's right in line with that type of, um, industry. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're probably right in that prediction. There will one day be something that's not, you know, over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Our, uh, and everything, uh, is everything that you guys do made in America? Not everything. We do our, what we consider, um, our core safety products. So really those five tools I mentioned earlier on, um, those are the ones we're making here in the States. And, you know, we believe that's important from a quality control standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, to keep people safe. Safety is obviously our number one priority. It's a given, um, if folks are, um, you know, trusting, they're, they're trusting us with their lives, right. Um, by using these products in an elevated position out in the woods. So, we do that stuff here, and then um, you know, we do do some of our smaller accessories, especially the textiles um, overseas. And that's just more or less a capacity thing. Nowadays, um, here in the United States, there's just not as many textile manufacturers. It's slowly starting to come back, so that may change in the future. But um, that just helps us, you know, get um, those to our customers, you know, right. more efficiently, essentially, right. while we focus on the safety stuff here. Yeah. So... I know there's a tree stand safety association, right? Or is it the TSA or something like that? That you have TMA, yeah, Tree Stand Manufacturing Association. Yep. Yep. And so they have to go through a variety of testing to get approved and things like that. Are saddle saddles and platforms? Do they have to go through that type of certification as well? So those certifications are under development um, for both saddle for saddles, ropes, and platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on the committee with, like Tethered, for example, is contributing to that trophy line. So we are all collectively working together with some third-party testing facilities. We're all members of the Tree Stand Manufacturers Association and developing um, testing standards for all three of those product categories within the saddle hunting system. Mm-hmm. Um, there are already um, standards uh, for a specific um, for static testing is what it's called for saddle. So basically strength testing, overall strength testing of the saddle. There are already standards in place that um, have been uh, submitted to the ASTM, um, which is a global testing um, you know, standard mm-hmm. organization that you know, applies to all industries across the world. So we've got our set of standards that they approve and put their stamp on for the hunting industry. So there are, there's already standards for climbing sticks and tree stands and safety harnesses. So the standards for all those other saddle hunting components are in process. Um, and some on the, for the saddles are already done. So oh, okay. we're cool. on the front edge of, you know, putting those together. We, and we do a lot of testing ourselves with everything. Um, yeah. You know, so for like a platform, for instance, does a standard exist yet? No, but um you know we basically test them like a tree stand standard and there's just not a formal standard yet gotcha. um, for okay. that product all right so you know from from saddle and the accessories that you need you know obviously you can't you you have to use a have a rope system uh and, and for mm-hmm. a saddle uh the platform uh to the climbing sticks where do you guys see latitude going uh in the next <clears throat> five 
years, maybe even 10 years down the line and, and uh, the assortment of products that you're going to be offering at that point? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we see ourselves as a mobile hunting company, right? right. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, we started this thing cause we wanted to inspire people to enjoy exploring, you know, new things. Um, so we're going to continue to innovate in any area within the mobile hunting space that we see an opportunity for innovation to get lighter, faster, more quiet, more streamlined so that people can really focus more on the hunting experience and less on their gear. Um, you know, throughout that process. So, you know, there's some, there's some pieces, um, you know, over the next year or so, like for instance, a backpack maybe that, um, you know, we're working on, um, beyond that, you know, we, we have a lot of ideas and there's a lot of areas within the mobile hunting space that, um, we anticipate, um, contributing and innovating around. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a little TBD as far as what I can say, (laughs) but yeah, but there, there are some, you know, like a, a backpack system is, you know, it's kind of central to how you um, organize and bring every, all those five tools in with you and out with you um, on it. It's used on every hunt. So yeah. um, that we see as a next kind of the next big piece, um, you know, at a yeah. minimum. Yeah. And it, the reason I ask a question, cause you got, you know, obviously there, uh, a saddle, a platform, and the climbing sticks they're all in a way under this like tree like in a tree right you're in a tree in order to get up a tree you need all these things in order to saddle hunt you need all these things and so the reason i ask that is because i'm starting to see and i'll just use exodus trail cameras for example their first product was trail cameras and now they're 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 selling arrows as well so you're 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 starting to see this expansion of products being introduced under brands that may yeah they're under the same hunting category but they're in completely different categories within that spectrum sure yeah i mean we are we are focused on the mobile hunter um so if it's something that touches what they do and use um it's and there's there's an opportunity for innovation or we feel like something could be done better yeah or something that we can bring to the table we'll mm-hmm. go do it um we're probably not going to go make a trail camera you know yeah. that like a big pivot like that um but you know it, anything that we feel is um you know critical to the mobile hunting experience uh we envision ourselves contributing so. yeah awesome awesome all right so a guy walks into a, a store or he's online and he's searching for he hears this and he's searching for a uh, a new saddle he's like okay i want to go i want to go check out saddles why should that guy consider latitude well if he's in a store looking at them i i would suggest you know try everyone that's on the shelf there you know hopefully that particular retailer has some sort of pull that you can demo the stuff on i mean we have a a ton of awesome retail partners uh, that we work with now and we always, you know, try to help them get a demo station set up um, because ultimately, like, you know, saddles are a very personal item. Um, just because we like what we make doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be right for you. I mean, a, another brand might, it might just be better for you. It might be more comfortable. Um, it might fit you better. It's it's very challenging to make a saddle that works for everyone. It's impossible. Um, right. Because we're all different sizes and shapes. I mean, look at how many different trims of jeans, you know, Wrangler has for men's jeans. Yeah. Um, 
that's a great way to think about it. And cause he's, he's wearing the same place on your body ultimately. So my suggestion would be try, go to a store. If you know, your local archery pro shop carries these things and try them all and make sure that, um, you know, you put each one through its paces on that pole, try different adjustment settings, ask, you know, the, the staff in there, you know, what do I got to do to make adjustments to get more comfortable with each of these and, um, and figure out what you like. And it might be ours. It might not, um, you know, but I, beyond that, you definitely want something from a company that is reputable, does their testing. You don't want something sewn in a basement. Yeah. You want something that has been put through third-party testing, um, you know, has quality standards, you know, typically the USA made products are, have a little bit tighter control on that. So I would always lean in that direction for these. Cause they are, a, I mean, they're, they're your safety harness as well. So, yeah. um, yeah. you know, find something that's safe and reputable and then try them and see what, what, uh, is most comfortable and, and feels the best. So perfect. Now, if people want to go find out, uh, more information about latitude or they want to, uh, watch some videos about latitude, where should we send them? We're really easy to find latitudeoutdoors.com. Uh, we've, you know, got all the different social channels. We've got our YouTube um, and, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Other guys on the team manage that and, and put out all that that content. That's not really my area of expertise. I'm working on the product stuff, but um, we've got uh, we've got a few new guys on the team and they're doing an awesome job putting out some, some great educational content. Uh, Jake Bush is on our team and he just did a whole uh, web series slash pod, coupled with some podcasts now called In Session, where he's doing a lot of he's traveling around the country and, and filming uh, with some different uh, experts in the hunting space and how they approach different situations on public land and, yeah. and targeting different deer and stuff. So there's a lot of cool content. And then we've got a new, um, you know, look for actually a new more on the entertainment end of things. We've got a show called Grit coming out, um, which will be available on Waypoint, our YouTube uh, Carbon TV um, here uh, in early July, the first episode will actually drop. So, and that will just kind of go through and follow us in our fall season last year. So, um, that is, you know, focused on Jake, Alex, and myself, kind of the founders um, traveling around, hunting on public land, kind of, kind of showcasing, you know, who we are as people, and um, you know, just showcasing us using the gear because we're not just building stuff in a box or building stuff that we use and because we are the customer and we're passionate about it. So we just want to share that with people. And um, I tell you that the guys that were filming and that are on our team, putting it together, they're, they're doing an amazing job. It's going to be really cool and fun to watch. So look for that coming up here soon. Um, and, uh, but other than that, we're pretty easy to find. So just reach out anytime. We have a, we have a chat bubble on the website. Um, you can reach out anytime. A lot of those go directly to us and we can get you squared away with any questions you might have perfect well hey man uh kevin i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and and uh, school us on latitude and uh good luck this upcoming season man yeah i appreciate you having me on dan um been fun